Today's show is the Christmas special. There's a few naughty words in it. Think of it like a grown-up panto. This is where the story begins. Two weary photographers are travelling from Merthyr Tidville to Malmesbury on a donkey, trying to find a place to record the last show before Christmas, thereby shoehorning in an important narrative so that the rest of the podcast makes some kind of sense. Kev, do you think I could have a go on the donkey? I've been walking since the Seven Bridge. No, 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 no. It's my donkey. I keep telling you, it's my donkey. Oi! Oi! You two! Get off the bleeding road where you're at, stupid donkey! Get a car, you cretins! It's 2019! You can talk with your bloody Tesla. I've got to tell you this, Kev. I, I, was, um, I came back from a wedding last weekend, and there was a, a vicar there. And... Um, he, he, he cornered me at the end after the, the whole ceremony and everybody was departing the church and he said to me, can I just say thank you very much uh, for today? And I thought, that's very kind of you, very, very sweet. And then he went and ruined it by saying, if, I, if ever I was reincarnated, I said, there'd be only two ways I'd like to come back to this earth. Either a cat because everybody loves them and they have nine lives, or if I really wanted to be disliked, I'd come back as a wedding photographer. <laughs> <laughs> Very Christian, yeah, very Christian. So. Merry Christmas to you too. Yeah, and that's what I said. Merry Christmas to you. Welcome to Neil and Kev's Christmas special, the Fujicast. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. After 80 miles and tailbacks stretching all the way back to Cavilli, the boys eventually reach Malmesbury, only to find that the town's hotels have all been booked out for corporate parties and there are no rooms in which to record their Christmas podcast. Kev, any ideas? I mean, there's got to be a quiet place somewhere to record this thing. I told you we should have recorded this in the studio as normal. Oh, don't worry about it. I keep telling you. I'm legendary around here, literally famous. Everybody knows me. It will be no problem whatsoever. Stop worrying. All your hair's going to fall out if you keep worrying like that. But as the boys found, fame doesn't unlock any innkeeper doors in Malmesbury. Second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Two turtle doves and a partridge in a pantry All right, Nick, well, come Not we... tonight, Kev, mate. Sorry, bye. All right, Wayno, can we come in and do a bit of podcasting? No! Yo, what do you want? All right, Andy, a bit cold out here. Can we come in, mate? What do you want? Uh, well, I thought we could just borrow your house a bit. You know, a bit chilly. Christmas and all that. Oh, are you mad? All right, Shane, uh, can we come in? No idea who you are, mate. What are you selling? No! Dejected, the boys find a park bench and huddle together. Easy. For warmth and start to tackle some of this week's mailbag. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Three French hands, two turtle doves and a partridge in a pantry It's so cold, but you can go with the questions first. Okay, only can I have a bit of your tenants extra? That, that one you got in your tin there. Let me have some of that. Okay, so this is from Ad- Adamo Ricky. Adamo, it definitely says Who? Adamo. Adamo, A D A M O Ricky. How are you spelling the Ricky? R I C C I. Ricci. Ricci. Adamo Ricci. Yeah. Silent letters. Pointless. <laughs> Hi, Kevin and Neil. Greetings from Campania, most beautiful place on earth. Yeah. Where's that, do you think? Is that in, That's in Italy? Yeah. As in Ricci, Adamo Ricci. Ah, yeah, of course, Italy. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, um, I wonder if he's got tenants extra. <laughs> I doubt it. I have a question about ego. Mm, this could be interesting. I switched to mirrorless cameras just over a year ago and loved the freedom they have given me. At first, I went with Sony until a friend of mine loaned me her X-T2. I was hooked. I still shoot Sony for video, of course, but all of my stills work is done with the X-T3 and an X-T2. A lot of my professional friends still shoot with DSLRs here, and often it feels like people look down on me when I work with these smaller cameras. Do you ever feel that like it's the case with the two of you as it worries me when clients or what clients may be thinking? Sounds to me like he might he might be a commercial. Is he a commercial shooter? Or is it, I know it doesn't say, but it just doesn't seem to me that somebody would feel that way at a wedding. What do you think? No, absolutely. No no chance for a wedding. I, I, no, none, 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 none. Were you, were you ever um, inclined to buy the battery packs for the cameras just so you could make them look larger? 
because I know, I know some people they buy the the XT2 or XT3 and they they bolt on the the battery at the bottom just to give it a bit more presence. Yeah, I buy the battery the battery chargers, you know, those those big extenders and I just put them in my pockets. <laughs> so go on then. What what about this question? Have you ever felt looked down upon? Because sometimes at a wedding it's particularly interesting at a wedding, isn't it, when somebody turns up and they've got the um, they, they they've got the 1D mark whatever. I never know the marks in the 1Ds, but they're huge great big bricks and and the guests have got larger cameras than you have yeah no it does yeah, yeah it happens a lot actually but I, I, honestly it's not even something that comes into my mind now I just think oh god remember the days when I used to lug all that stuff around that's it pretty much that's, so that's you don't it. even think about it no not at no. all not so what would your advice be to Adamo Ricci don't worry about it but it does you are right about if it's a you know a commercial shoot maybe it's a big budget uh, you know then I can understand a little bit why people might think that way but it shouldn't mean that they they're, they're right it doesn't mean they're right for sure I mean they shoot big budget Hollywood movies on on uh, mirrorless cameras these days don't they you know so and you've got that um, that advert on the TV now at Christmas time with the snowballs that was all filmed on an iPhone oh yeah yeah, yeah. that was, uh, that was very do you know any commercial guys that shoot Fuji film in particular do you do you know of I know it's not necessarily your circle but yeah i mean i'm sure i absolutely sure there's been plenty that's come around and i've seen them i mean we had keith didn't we on the on the podcast a couple of weeks uh, ago he shoots movie um movie covers and he uses sony you know so yeah no it's not a thing and if it is a thing then i would just move to another country but don't come here <laughs> no, yeah. um peter he doesn't mean it like that adamo peter gill in darwin hi guys thank you for the first year podcast oh that's nice thank you not quite not quite caught up with everything yet uh, but i am getting there with a new year and a new decade would you mind sharing any photo resolutions for your business Ah, photo resolutions, yeah, 16 by 9 <laughs> and square. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, this is a tough one, isn't it? It's, I don't think I've got any photography resolutions this year. In, in past years, I've you know tried the 365s and I've tried, must take more pictures of the kids and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I actually, uh, what I, this has put something in my mind and I will... I will try and endeavour to do more, uh, you know, like Louis Garvin style stuff of uh, strangers. Isn't that why you bought the um, uh, the GFX though, wasn't it? Because you wanted to do a bit of Garvin esque stuff. Originally it was, yeah, absolutely, and it, you know, I just didn't do it. So maybe that's it. Maybe maybe I will. 2020, Kevin Garvan Mullins. <laughs> what about uh, anything you're doing wrong in the business that you think you should be doing differently? Following last week, were you talking about the? Is, it, is wedding photography dead and, and talking about you know, way, ways of approaching business in terms of uh, finding a niche or altering the business slightly, appealing to a different kind of client? Um, not so much that, but I, I am thinking about changing my packages slightly to introduce something a little bit different which i will keep under my very cold hat right now um a couple more <laughs> couple more tenants, on, tenants. Get on, some more tenants please <laughs> tenants please. uh yeah so i am i do have a, a, a little eye on a couple of different changes but nothing dramatic right this is what is this the start of the decade of kev, kev photographing weddings in his mankini it is a new decade isn't it 2020 yeah. a new decade Oh my god! On that note, actually, but because in the wedding industry in particular, people said that um, 2020 might see a bit, a bit of a, a pickup after 2019 being a bit slow, because people like the idea of the new decade, or, or, or is that nonsense? Uh, possibly. I mean, would you? It would it go into your mind to think I want to get married in the year 2020 because it sounds better? Mm. 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 Probably not. Don't know. We'll find out when we. We'll find out next week when all of the inquiries start flooding in through our letterboxes. <laughs> well, Brexit mean, mean, means Brexit is has changed course slightly, hasn't it? Uh, <laughs> it's Christmas. It's all politics. Christmas. Right, go on. You you have a, another question. Okay, I've one from Jason Duncan from Firth. Yeah. And he says, "Hi, Kevin and Niall. <laughs> N- Niall, we've had some funny words, <laughs> funny ways of pronouncing your name, but never a Niall before. Uh, just wanted to say, what a cracking job I think you two are doing. I'm obviously uh, making a great impression. <laughs> As we approach 2020, what new cameras do you think might hit the market, Fuji or otherwise, and what would be on your Christmas list if you could choose a new body uh, camera? That is, yeah. hmm. I would like." See, I've got the XH1 now. That's got the in-body in image stabilisation. Um, do, 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 do you think something to replace that? See, I'm really, really happy with that, and I'm really happy with the X-T3. Would I want to see an X-T4? 
with image stabilization that that could be fun mm, maybe yeah it's not something that really bothers me the IB, ibis but uh, you know what if if dreams were made of it i would love we talked about it recently a monochrome oh, yeah. camera oh, yeah. uh, monochrome x100 x or q or whatever's next in the in the list that would be ace that would be my dream camera um i don't think it'll happen sadly but other than that i'm pretty happy although every time a new camera comes out and i get to do a review I, I say that it's the best thing that's ever happened um and it is generally but until they come around with it the next best thing you don't know what it's going to be how are you loving your x pro threes mm, i love them yeah absolutely love them best things ever happened God, I'll tell you what though, Kev, it's cold out here. It's getting dark now. I can't even read the questions. Surely there has to be a place where you can record this thing. Let, let's, uh, let's, at least, uh, let's at least walk and talk a, a little bit. Suddenly, there came a light and the faint murmur of someone the boys thought they recognised. Like an ethereal vision, Gemma, floating 20 feet up, called to the boys. Hail, boys! Do not worry, for you will find a place to record your Christmas podcast. And very soon, you will have a new camera in the lineup, and its name will be the X. Shh, Gemma! Don't you dare reveal any of those secrets! Come down here now before you break your bloody neck! And you have nothing to fear. Follow the brightest street lamps to the three cups. And there you will find a warm welcome and a pint of Thatcher's with a three-pin socket for the mixing desk. Go with, gentlemen. Go with. Uh, and Kev? Yeah? Don't you dare bring that bloody donkey back home after you've finished! And as quick as she appeared, the vision had gone and the boys were left to follow the street lamps back into town. Usually in a nativity, you'd now be surrounded by us kids dressed up as sheep trying to sell you a raffle ticket and a warm orange squash. But don't worry, we're just going to tell you something very special instead. Part two is coming up in a moment, but a couple of things to tell you. Number one, stick about for the bloopers. But most importantly, because we promised to tell you in this episode, we have a rather important birthday episode coming up, as you probably know. In February 2020, the show is officially one year old. And so we thought we'd celebrate by having a one year birthday show. And we couldn't think of a better place than Fujifilm's newly opened House of Photography at 8-9 Longacre, Covent Garden, London. Very trendy indeed. Fujifilm chose London to build the House of Photography and showcases Instax and X-Series and GFX all under one roof across three floors. And although we're essentially an independent show, we knew there could only be one home for this special anniversary. So, to the important bit. The recording date is Thursday the 30th of January 2020, yes, the show starts at 6.30pm, though you can turn up early, of course. And we've invited Andreas Georgiadis, the marketing manager for electronic imaging at Fujifilm UK, to answer live questions from the audience. And of course, we'll be talking about photography in general, as we always do. See the new cameras on display, get touchy-feely of you, pardon the expression, share some nibbles, watch the show, and then join us for a cheeky after-show pint at Kev's Secret Pub location. Shh, say nothing. This is a ticketed event, though it's absolutely free to attend. And for updates and first-come, first-served tickets, visit the show's website, fujicast.co.uk. You don't have to shoot Fuji to be there, of course not. We'd like to see this as everyone coming together to feel that special love you've created within the mailbag, the dedicated Facebook group, and through the Apple reviews. So this is our way of saying thank you for supporting the show in 2019 and heralding in a new decade in the company of your good selves. Save the date. Make it a long weekend, why don't you? And make sure you bring some questions along. Jan 30th, 2020, The House of Photography, London. On the front. 
Fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Four calling birds, three French hands, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. It won't be the same if you're not there, so make sure you join the boys on January 30th. Back to part two. My dad is in the pub with Kevin. Now there's a surprise. Okay, there we go. Oh, nice. Pint of Thatchers. We should do it like this every week. We should yeah. have a couple of pints of Thatchers on the go. Perfect. Right. Um, well, you can launch with the first question. Okie doke. Uh, this is from... I've got my squeaky chair, look. Look, I've got a squeaky chair in the studio, and we're in a pub, and I've got a, I've got a squeaky chair. <laughs> so I'm just in this corner over here, and our little... Is, uh, <laughs> the, the pubs around Malmesbury are a very good quality. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> stop whipping in your chair. This is from Paul Micklewain. Right. Hi, Kevin and Neil. I'm planning on setting up a portrait studio from home in a few months' time. Do you recommend joining a professional association? And if so, which one? And what do you think the benefits have been for you? Are you still a member? You're not a member of any, are you? Here we go. And because, actually, this time of year, usually we're looking forward to the SWPP um, conference in January, which I understand is going to be a smaller affair this year. Yeah, well, it's been getting much smaller yeah. year on year, I think. And, yeah, I was a member of SWPP for a long time. And in and fairness... I really enjoyed it, actually. Yeah, it, was, it, was good, it was good fun. In fairness, they were very good, and they yeah, are, they are yeah. still very good. Yeah. And uh, for various reasons, I'm no longer a member of the SWPP. And, in fact, I'm not a member of anything... Really? Does it make a difference, though? Do you need to be a member of something? Personally, what was that I, thing I that don't think so. Groucher used to say, I, I wouldn't belong to a club where they would let me be a member or something. <laughs> yeah. That was a famous phrase. Is that why it's called the Groucher Club in London? Yeah, it might be. I think, I'm sure it was Groucher Marx who said that. Yeah, it sounds the same. Never join a club where they let you be a member. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I mean, memberships are good. Some of them you're going to get things like uh, free legal advice, if should you need it. Some of them will offer you discounts, insurance discounts. Mm. Mostly, it's um, often a bit of competitions people enter and you know various things I don't believe that it will get you more clients though that's no. that's the thing I don't think it will get you more clients but it, as a support network and as a as an interface to other photographers then yeah go for it a um, competition's worth entering yes and no I think it depends on which ones you're entering and what you mm. do with them afterwards and I Personally, I just essentially see them as just giving money to other people, really. Do, do clients ever, do you think, read into the fact that you are a member of an organisation? Is it important to them? I don't think so. Is Honestly, not, I, no. I really don't. It's, it's a hard one to answer, isn't it? Because, you know, if you're buying, if you're buying, if you're um, looking for a builder or a plumber oh. or something, you're going to look for the, the kite mark. Yeah, you're going to look yeah. for the, you know, the associations that they're in. Uh, I just don't think that works. I don't think they yeah. have that for photography. I just don't. Basically, they're going to come to your website, look at your pictures, look at your prices, and go, yeah, love that guy. Like him or don't like him. Yeah, I yeah. don't think they're going to make a, a decision based on if you're a member of SWPP or MPA or all of those other things. So for me, it's a no, I have to say. But for other people, your mileage may vary, as, mm. the, as the trendy hipsters say. All right. River Xavier, thank you very much for your question. Hi, Kevin Neal. Great show. I listen every single week. I'm building a new website nearing completion, and I'm now looking at adding client galleries and also the possibilities of being able to order prints through this service. Do you have any advice at all? Should I use one of the online print services or just go old school and let clients contact me for prints as I want to use the current supplier that I use for, for albums and prints? Um, so there, who do you um, we've, we've done a question like this mm -hmm. recently mm -hmm. you you still use Zenfolio don't you yeah what's I, the reason for that uh, because it's very simple the, the, the back end system is fully automated people can go on there order a print they can design a frame layout they can do all of their stuff uh, press the button pay for it Zenfolio do all of the expediting yep. they send it to the lab the lab sends the print to the to the client done and dusted so I'm more than happy with uh, Zenfolio but there are lots of them out there do you sell many prints not really no <laughs> is that because you don't push it hard or do you, do you think you could um, yeah I don't sell more I don't push it and, no. and it's not uh, it, documentary weddings I think we talked about this as well yeah, recently yeah. it's not the kind of thing people buy prints from very often I do sense sell some um, but but not much I have to say I would say uh, River that I, I've recently changed to pick time um, P-I-C hyphen T-I-M-E pick time and um, they're world, worldwide and I've found that the way that they, they show your pictures the way they display your pictures the ease of use um, the galleries just for me look so much better than when I was with Zenfolio 
and uh, it's it's made a difference. I mean, I've, I've sold nearly two thousand pounds worth of prints and product since I changed to them. Um, how long ago? About two months ago. So yeah, I hadn't sold anything near that amount with Zenfolio. Wow. Now maybe I hadn't tried as hard as I could have done with Zenfolio, but so, so what are you doing? How are you how are you getting that message to the clients? What happens? What I happens when the wedding's done and dusted and you send well, the when, email? Yeah, well the same email goes out, click onto this gallery. So that's not changed at all. It's just the it's just the presentation of the gallery. Um the way that you look at the images as a storyboard rather than one image at a time. You're about to tell me you could do that with Zenfolio anyway, are you? You, you can, you can absolutely, but but I have it. I you know I I basically just take the defaults and yeah, yeah. it's interesting. It's very interesting. I mean, it's know. just and and the the product. Um, see, before I w- I hadn't ever thought about. I'd always thought things like calendars were cheapest chip products that you sh- you shouldn't really be pushing because they're not very serious products. It's only only prints, but. But actually, I, I've been embracing calendars and prints, um, various ways of framing and canvas and so on and so forth. And, and it's just just offering the, all these different products has made a huge amount of difference. So which lab does it integrate with? Um, you can choose. Um, from your drop down, I use Loxley for some products. I use Queensbury for another product. So you can choose your products um, where, where you want to. Hmm. Where you want to fulfil it? It's really, to me, it's been, it's made a huge difference on on post yeah event sales. And, and of course, you know, for portrait photographers or pet photographers yeah. or children photographers, yeah. then then prints are imperative. So yeah. you need to have a good good solution for it. Yeah. Yeah. So Zenfolio and PicTime seem to be yeah. the ones that we uh, use. Yep. So that's what I would go for. River, right? Your question. Good stuff. I have one from. You right with your pint? Yeah. I just uh, it's not it's, really attacking it much, are you? Um, it's Christmas time for heaven's sake. Ooh. <laughs> nice that so this one's from um, this one's from uh, Patrick Sean yeah. and he says hi Neil and Kevin I have been shooting with Fujifilm cameras for about two years now and I do a lot of landscape photography since I was shooting with the Nikon D750 before that I've been struggling with the dynamic range a bit on the Fujis so a geeky technical question that's alright we've talked about this before I think anyway he's, he goes on to say I played around with the uh, dynamic range 400% mode a bit but I'm still trying to figure out what the pros and cons are what are your guys take on that have you tested dynamic range 200 400% settings before cheers from Germany and please keep up the awesome work so you use automatic don't you Dynamic range? Uh, no, I'd set it on 100. Oh, 100, sorry, yes, 100. Don't set it on automatic. That, that's, that's right. That's the worst thing you can right, do. Okay. So in a nutshell, the dynamic range will um, try and protect your highlights and shadows by increasing the exposure values, you, you, the, the ISO typically. So 200%, it, it means it's a uh, multiplication of the exposure. So 100% of one. <laughs> this is the I question we going did through this. Oh. I remember doing the maths question. Yeah. yeah okay, so, so we have answered this before. Before, but but uh, because you, from a different person, <laughs> yeah, different person. Yeah. It's, honestly, it's the it's a question I get asked a lot though about dynamic range. So 100% of one is one, so that's effectively off. Yeah. 200% is going to uh, double the exposure value to protect the shadows. So you might end up with the minimum ISO that you can shoot over 400 uh, ISO, and then 400% the minimum ISO I believe is 800. So um, I. You know, it's JPEG. It's only going to affect the JPEGs. It's not really something that I, I I kind of find a benefit from at the moment. But if you are shooting JPEGs and you are doing landscape photography, then it might be a little bit more critical because you might have very bright skies against yeah. deep, deep dark blue ski- seas or something. But you're probably going to be using a filter to to kind of mitigate for that. So yeah, I mean it's a feature it's 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 useful but really for the jpeg shooters and if you're if you're any if you're doing any kind of serious landscape work perhaps you're probably shooting your raws so so, so don't be thinking that just because it's 400 is better because yeah absolutely. that's not the way it works no 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 quite right yeah um yeah don't don't think the higher number the better and don't put it on auto uh, mm-hmm. and remember that 100 percent is equivalent to off uh, with your x100f here, here's an interesting one because of course it's got a, a very shallow eye cup hasn't it when you when you put your camera when uh, against your eye Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever used one of the, the deeper eye cups with the, the X100? Because um, it, I don't believe it comes with any... Fuji don't do anything where you can deepen that eye cup, do they, on the X100? I don't think so. Same on the X-Pro. Uh, 
it's right. a different eye cup so it's, it doesn't have the little rubbery edge um, no and it's not something that bothers me I think if you wear spectacles you might might want something a little bit deeper well the, the, re- well, the reason I mention it is because uh, Zach Webb wrote to me with Ki- Kiwi Photos hot shoe cover and eye cup eyepiece viewfinder only for Fujifilm for, for the X100 and I, I popped it in the um, in the Facebook group mm-hmm. so if you if you go and dig it out in the Facebook group look look up Zach Webb or look up Kiwi Photo K-I-W-I F-O-T-O-S Kiwi Photos hot shoe cover I thought look, look I, there's no question I just thought it looked really excellent product mm-hmm. so yep. if you have an X100 there we go there's an e- there's an easy early New Year present for you yeah and right. we'll link to it on the website as well good right you, you know, sorry I've sort of leapt in there with, without a question so it's your turn again uh, this is from Matthew Chan and he says hi guys long time subscriber and big fan of the show yada 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 <laughs> I've really enjoyed Neil's family travel videos and was wondering if you guys have tips on capturing family moments uh, photos video while still being present in the moment with the family mm, interesting mm-hmm. P.S. please upload more travel videos on your YouTube channels are you talking about the um, the X-T2 stuff I, I took the uh, X-T uh, I think so I did the X-T2 I think Australia. in Australia, yeah. yeah I, think so. I didn't have an XT3 at that point. I, th- I think the question, the, the, the meat of that question is, if you're busy recording pictures, mm. films, whatever, of the family vacations, holidays, Christmas, how do you participate as your role of, as being dad, husband? And- oh. oh, well, I've always thought that they're, they're quite fun uh, family videos to make. So I've kind of always included the, the, the kids in the decision and, and what, and how we make them. Mm. I think that, and they, they quite like that idea. They turn into mini directors. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, I haven't done kind of uh, videos as such with my kids like that, but when I'm doing stills, if I'm, if I'm kind of thinking about it in any anger, it's, you know, you, you definitely want to make sure that you're not, um, you're not putting at risk the event, you know, that you're meant to be in, especially like Christmas, birthdays and stuff, yeah. just for the, vi- yeah. just for yeah, the yeah, sake yeah, of yeah. getting some pictures on Facebook or on YouTube. Definitely not. Um, so just think carefully about that. But, uh, and I think uh, the, I, I said in the Australian one, though, I thought the X-T2 was one of the, the best cameras to use for, for vlogging because it's so small and you just pop it on, the, on, the, on, on one of those bendy tripods really easy to use put it away really really quickly i just think it's a, gr- a great tool for things like that and the xt3 of course even better yeah um yeah and uh, can- i've not used the xh1 yet for that sort of work no are you going to get me another beer <laughs> yeah. it's my turn again yeah. right. <laughs> right um is, is, is my turn on the on the beer or my turn on the question your turn on the both oh all right okay well, I'll miss out the beer and just go for the question. I'm a, this is from Matthew Latham. Hello, Neil. Hello, Kev. I'm a hobbyist photographer, stroke videographer, who started out with Canon 600D, end of 2016, and 80D in 2018, invested in the system with a few lenses secondhand, with a lack of video quality in Canon cameras. See, I've never thought they have a lack of video quality. I think they've got, they've got a lack of, uh, of features such as um, zebras, if you want to call the American way, or, or peaking, of course, because they want you to buy one of the cinema cameras. It wasn't, wasn't like the 5D when the 5D Mark I, was it the 5D Mark I that, had, that was the first? Not, not the Mark I, no. Really good video capabilities. No, really, it was, only, it was the Mark II. Oh, was it? That, that was what they, they filmed a bit of um, house on, wasn't it? But that, that was when it first started. That's yeah, when DSLRs yeah, started yeah. really getting, getting good at this. And stuff. then along came the, the, the 5D3 and the 5D4, and the 5D4, of course, with the dual pixel focus system yeah really really strong but it is interesting that you know most people when maybe it's just because of the community that i'm i kind of revolve around in it's either sony or fujifilm people are using for filmmaking i don't see many people who are well, not for, they use canon yeah i don't see it though. do you not i don't but like i said that might be because of the the communities that i kind of revolve around in but oh, do you mean when you're shooting a wedding you never see a, um, a videographer using a canon camera i don't think so it's oh, mostly right, sony's yeah yeah it's true yeah mostly most, sony's. Yeah. and i don't know yeah. whether that's just because they're smaller and lighter than the, the Canon counterparts, or probably. they're better. Yeah, probably. Who knows? Anyway, I work in an office as a BIM coordinator, coordinate building services in a 3D model, basically. That sounds very posh, doesn't it? Um, which pays the bills, and I like my job, but I, I don't want to be in front of a computer screen eight hours a day and, and in one place the rest of my days. Recent episode... Um, said about keeping a, a separate bank account. I think we did a story, a, a, a question like this from your full-time job and only use funds to buy gear when you have enough of it. Uh, as with a full-time income, you can justify in your own head buying new gear, which I have an impulse to do. So the question, I, I only have an X-T3 and one lens, the 1855, after trading away the Canon gear. Would you start a business with only one body and one lens like the X-T3 and the 1855 uh, alongside your full-time career? Or would you save the money and buy a second body and a few lenses before even thinking about a business? Uh, if you're charging, if you're charging anything, you, I believe you need two cameras. Yeah. Why? Uh, in case one breaks. Right. Okay. Basically. 
So, so it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be uh, another XT, does it? It no. can be an X one X one hundred. Something just just give you some backup. Yeah, I mean, if you're filming, if it's filming you're doing, then you want probably XTs yeah. or XHs. Uh, but yeah, or, or GFX one hundred <laughs> as a backup camera, nice. <laughs> ten grand camera. Yeah, um, not sure that would be a backup, would it? But no, no. So if you're, you know, at the point of charging, then I believe you should have two cameras. You know, how that manifests and what one you choose is up to you. But yeah. All right, your question. We're firing through these today. Is it just because you want to drink more? <laughs> <laughs> I would normally have pork scratchings, but uh, I can't really. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Gemma gave me um, this. Um, this is um, this is uh, Kev's Boxing Day meal: parsnip sprout chestnut hot pot with cider and sprout top pesto. You've, cider. You've, well, the cider is a good bit, but it's it's all sprouts. This you're going to be a terrible person to be sat next to at Christmas. <laughs> it's sprout sprout and more sprouts with a few chestnuts thrown in for good measure. Sprouts are this. lovely. Preparation time though very very slow, uh, very quick rather. Thirty minutes. Cooking time thirty minutes. Serves four. So you're going to have a lot of this stuff to eat. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what? Since I've been a vegan, do you know what I've found is one of my favourite little quick meals? What's that? Pan-fried sprouts. Love them. I, say I quite like sprouts. Yeah. But yeah. pan-fried, not, not boiled in a, you know, in a, in a pot. Pan, what do you, what do you pan-fry fry them with? Uh, well, I used to pan-fry so, so. them with bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Are you putting some chestnuts in there now? No, a little bit of onion. Yeah. A little bit of oil, a little bit of onion. Olive oil. Possibly a bit of garlic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm, really nice. Eat them like that's a good snack. Eat them like crisps. Yeah, it's really, if you like yeah. sprouts, it's really nice. Actually, there's a new talking of that. There's a new flavour, a Walker's flavour this year in their Christmas range, and one of them is Brussels sprouts crisps. <laughs> Honestly, it's really nice as well. Yeah. Do you remember when they used to do hedgehog flavour crisps? Did they? Yeah. No. Hedgehogs. Yeah, hedgehog crisps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They did. People will be thinking that's real. It, it, well, it was real. No, you can't. Well, it was hedgehog flavour crisps. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely know what hedgehog tastes right, like. Right in. Some, it somebody, tastes like chicken. Somebody send us a picture of hedgehog crisps. Yeah. I think they banned them in the end. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, yeah. Okay, this is from Dennis Skyam, and he says, Hello, gents. Following a post from Amanda Edwards in the Facebook group, yeah. I'm wondering what your take is. Why are the companion apps for proper cameras such trash <laughs> I use the EOS remote app with my Canon 5D the Image Edge app with my Sony RX100 and now the Fujifilm camera remote app with my X-T3 and they are all absolutely terrible both right. technically and from a UX standpoint UX for those of us in the know is user interface right okay why do you think none of the big manufacturers are able to craft a companion app that both actually works and provides a good user experience? Best well, regards. What, what's, what's the problem that they're having with the, the... Does it say... Because for me, the, the, the companion app, the problem I have is connectivity. Yeah. I can never get it to do the same thing twice. Yeah, I, it's definitely a problem. I, I have to say, in most cases, mine works re, you know, well. I have had issues with it, um, but it, it does generally work. Uh, but the interface is terrible, it's clunky, and I'm only talking about the Fujifilm one here, I haven't used any of the others, so I can't, can't really talk about them. But it seems like, I mean, uh, good old Dennis, he seems like he's, he's bought into every camera brand possible and he's got the apps available. Uh, I, you know what? I wonder if it's because they all, perhaps they all, because I wouldn't imagine there's a, a little fella at Fujifilm headquarters typing, programming these things. Right. I would imagine it's outsourced. Could be that all of the companies use the same, use the same, same, same guy. Same little fella. Maybe they in should bedroom. be looking at that. Um, I do know for a fact, though, that Fujifilm are are aware of the you know the the, the camera app and making it better do you use along. do you use it i use it yeah, yeah. you do yeah, yeah i use it on, especially on my tablet now do you on my, okay. my little tablet it's great for actually saying that you can um on my tablet i can just stick the sd card in and take the files off as well if i wish to right but it's um yeah it's cool and the new update to lightroom mobile by the way this is really um useful for those of you that use lightroom still um, you can now ingest into Lightroom Mobile directly from a memory card as well. So um, the, the, the answer really is, um, I'm afraid they... Do, do you know of anything coming along that might, might improve on that app? You don't, do no, you? No, no, I don't, but it's, it's just I know it's something no, that they're news. aware of. Yeah. Early New Year present would be nice there, wouldn't it? Randy mm -hmm. Tarr, thank you very much for your question. Kev, I've just watched your YouTube video on, on film simulations, my Fujifilm JPEG settings and seven custom settings. Have mm -hmm. I seen that one? I'm sure I must have done. I've seen all your films. Do you carry these film simulation settings across all your Fuji cameras? And Neil, do you have a favourite film simulation that you use? I mean, I can just straight away say, yes, I do. It's right at the top, the sort of standard setting. But you, you, you chop and change a bit, don't you? Yeah, I, um, my settings have changed slightly over the years. And generally, they're the same. Those seven settings are the same. But some of the cameras have newer features like clarity and, and um, uh, kind of grain and colour, chrome effect and all that kind of stuff. So I might be tweaking them a little bit. I haven't really done that much with the, the X-Pro3 in terms of the, no. new, the new settings. But maybe I will. Maybe I'll do an updated video on that as well. 
because there are some really nice new JPEG features in that camera. Um, the warming as well, the warm tone is now on the XT on the X Pro Three is much better than the. Are you actively the using XT3. that? Yeah, are it's you? great because it used to be it was just basically a sliding scale. Previously, it went up to five and down to five, and yeah. five plus five was orange pictures and minus five was blue pictures. But now you've got an overall little graphic that you can move the little dot around and get mm. a much much more kind of precise color color scheme nice so yeah i might um, i might update that but yeah generally they're the same mm. okay that's really really changed i use acros and uh, yeah. and um yeah that's mostly it go on then kev yours okay i've got one from stephen hawking and uh which i'm not going to read out his all email email address but it's uh <laughs> it, the first part of his email address is shocks <laughs> Stephen Hawking, nice. Uh, Small things. Little things, I know. (laughs) Get me another beer. Um, He says... Do you mean you want a half instead of a pint? Is that what you mean by small things? He says, gents, so you're both accomplished photographers with great portfolios behind you. Thank you very much. Photography is your business and pays the bills and you keep us engaged with the podcast and your YouTube content. And his question is, can it be a hobby too? Do you ever find yourself drawn to taking pictures in a way that's new to you? I'm thinking like astrophotography or macro, etc. If so, what have you done? And are there any types of photography that you still want to try out? Uh, I've always fancied doing a bit more uh, or a bit of, not a bit more, but landscape. I'd love to get into landscape. I don't don't know anything about shooting landscape. And um, for those that have suggested him, Paul Sanders is is going to come on the the podcast very soon. Um, I'm trying to, he's going to come actually all the way over to the studio and we're going to go walking on uh, Greenham, which is the old uh, USAF um, airbase. No longer, it's not an airbase any longer. And and we're going to do some landscape stuff up there. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But landscape, I'd like to try a bit of landscape can i come to that yeah uh, no there's there's no open invite (laughs) of course you can you're you're invited i like paul yeah i thought i thought we'd um we'd maybe meet up for some lunch go out with paul do some landscape shooting do the interview sounds good there so landscape i mean the don mccullin stuff in particular i love don stuff with oh that's so dark isn't it that's maybe that's why i'm quite drawn to it and louis garvan is in and i love his stuff as well now we're not talking about landscape now i love his studio work Uh with um with his uh, what would you call it still um, still, um, still still life still life stuff, I think mm. it's, it's extraordinarily good. Mm. I've got one of his pictures in my bedroom on the wall. Mm. Uh, yeah, so uh, I've landscape. never been in your boudoir. <laughs> it's still time. <laughs> uh, I, um, I yeah, I mean yeah, of course. Going back to the original question, of course it can be a hobby. It has to be a hobby. You you uh, don't 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 let it not be a hobby. It has to first and foremost. If you're a photographer, you should enjoy it and love it. And that, that means that every time you're taking a picture, you're enjoying it, whether that's at a wedding, whether it's a commercial shoot, or it's just a hobby, landscape, you know, whatever, shooting your dogs. Um, I could shoot one of my dogs quite happily. <laughs> oh, poor, what's his name? Um, git. git. <laughs> poor Git. I love Git. He's lovely. He's a kid. He's not. He's gorgeous. Mon- he's a real scruffy Monty, isn't he? Monty. He's a proper scruff yeah. dog. Love scruff dogs. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, we have Monty and we have the little princess whippet, Breezy, who just sits there and quivers and lies yeah. down all day long. Oh. And then we've got Monty, who's a like a thug. Monty's got so much character, though, don't you think? I'm going to wrap him up and send him to you for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, ha- I'd happily have Monty over for Christmas. <laughs> I would, really, I would. He's ruining my vegan experience. <laughs> Uh, yeah so so yes hobby absolutely and uh, I would you know what, what I'd love to do is go to Iceland and do not, oh, not, yeah. not the um, not the green sky thing whatever that's that's the, what's that called northern the, lights the northern lights yeah, yeah you, green sky thing you really spiralis or something yeah yeah uh, well, there's always pills for that. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, whilst I'd love to, I would love to see that and take pictures of it. I don't think I'd have the, the ability to, but I would just love to go to Iceland and you know go really out into the into the depths of the winter area and right. just you know the st- scenes, winter yeah, scenes. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. There's that film we've talked about it before called The Traveller on uh, Amazon Prime, and he's a photographer and he goes out into the Utah salt plains at like yeah. three in the morning, minus fifteen degrees, and he just takes pictures of coldness <laughs> would you would you make your way over to all the, the regular Icelandic sites like where the, the aeroplane is and all that or would you try and avoid all those because uh, they've been well travelled now I think from a tourist point of view yeah I'd probably cast my eyes over it but I wouldn't be taking I wouldn't you know I might take a, a, a snap but not a, not not for any 
any reason. It does have a slight problem now, doesn't it? That um, and I've I've talked to somebody in an upcoming interview about this. That um, Iceland now the the Icelandics, a lot of the locals are a little a little bit unhappy with the um, the amount of uh, of scenery that's been somehow spoiled by tens of thousands of people trekking across in in areas where they're not supposed to go. Yeah. Well, is that that famous? Is it the uh, rapeseed or is it the um, bluebells in France in southern France that are very very famous? Very famous um, pictures. It's got like a little chateau at the end of it, and the, the leading lines are beautiful mm. and everything. And there's a tree. And um, somebody posted a video of all of the people who were taking pictures of this stuff. It was like some kind. It was like hundreds and hundreds of people there, all turning up in their vans and buses. And the farmer has basically put a big sign up saying you know stop it please stop because right. these are our our crops it's wrecking, wrecking and you're, it, yeah. they are totally and, yeah. and the footage was horrible there was people just traipsing through these lovely bluebells and with no care and attention just to try and get this shot uh, and it's a very cliched picture with, with your love of, uh, of uh, street work have you ever considered going across to uh, to India and doing I, mean, I, know, I know some people think about the Indian thing as lots of people taking pictures of, of the same thing and sometimes a dreadful sort of poverty tourism as well mm. but does, I mean India is a country rich with culture obviously but and rich with photographic scenes to photograph yeah you know I, I was once I, I was meant to go and do a workshop in India but I, um, I looked into the visa things and similar to America basically you couldn't, just couldn't go so, um, but yeah, I, you oh, know, to teach, yeah, to do. But what about all those people that do these these uh, courses in India? Mm. Well, no comment. Okay, um, but they, they there was another famous <laughs> footage you got me on one now <laughs> of uh, of one of the uh, a fisherman on a boat in the River Ganges, and he was it was at dawn. Beautiful picture of this guy casting his net onto the onto the um, onto the water the sun rising behind him amazing amazing mm. and then the guy switched his mobile phone to the you know to what was in front of him and there was 35 photographers oh, right. and there was also a guide a guide who was organizing this telling the the fisherman no do it again somebody didn't get it do it again do it again do it again and he did it you know six seven eight times and and actually you know the the the, the fisherman is obviously getting paid for this which is a good thing but those pictures are then being passed off as uh, you know it's, it's candid not, it's not look what i stumbled it, yeah, across it's not reality morning. is it nah, no it's rubbish no. i hate that kind of stuff absolutely hate it they each to their own <laughs> following on from something from from last week's show where we were asking is wedding photography dead which i appreciate was a cheery um, conversation uh, so close to christmas um I had something from uh, john st john john st john smith that's the best name in the world isn't it john st john smith uh follow up to last week's interview and feature on is wedding photography dead but more to do with the the ian weldon interview about shooting on a smartphone um and then the backlash from some photographers fe- fearing a worrying trend john st john smith wrote this and if you haven't heard that episode yet, rewind, go back one week. Um, we did um, an episode last week. It was episode 44, um, which was all about his wedding photography. Dead three guests to try and prove that it wasn't. But within one of those interviews, Ian Weldon was talking about shooting an entire wedding on a mobile phone and whether that was either damaging to the the industry, which, of course, he said, no, not at all. And, you know, the best camera is the one you have in your hand at the time, so on and so forth. Um, Anyway, uh, Johnson John Smith goes on to say, a catch-22, I guess, on using a smartphone. On the one hand, well, it's it's only a smartphone with a very tiny sensor. On the other end, and uh, end, end of the spectrum, it's an incredibly small, innocuous photographic device. If one has the skill to utilize it, then why not add it to the armory of your kit? And it's not just wedding social photographers. This reminds me, and I went to look at this this morning. It looked, looked amazing. Of American photojournalist Ben Lowy, who who I believe shot a presidential press call on his iPhone to much disgust from his peers, uh, and he also had a time cover. Have, have you seen that? Yeah, I saw the article. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He shot images of Hurricane Katrina a few years back and even has um, a hipstamatic phone app camera profile as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, my long-winded point here is that it is a tool and a photographer will utilise whatever tool they have to get in an image. Um, think Olympus Trip, um, add who do you think you are, David Bailey, which is a good point. It is a very, very good point. But my, my, my counter to that point will be that people will not pay a wedding photographer to turn up with a mobile phone simple as that why because they, they will not because all of their guests have got mobile phones and they're just not going to be putting trust into that kind of thing it's just 
It's mm. not. It, it just wouldn't happen. It might happen for as a as a marketing kind of element, and uh, you know that's that's fine. I mean, you love your Huawei, but so so, but you still don't believe you could use it professionally. No, I, I just wouldn't. I do. I love that Huawei phone absolutely, and the pictures are amazing. I'm, you know, totally agree with Ian on that that, that regard. But I just don't think it's a, a message for the industry that you know you can anybody can just rock up with a mm. mobile phone and and get the the, the same images. I mean, it's, it's very interesting that we didn't see any nighttime shots, didn't see any dance shots, didn't see any shots of movement. We didn't see any. You know, I I, I have a Huawei. P20 I've got rather than a P20 Pro rather than the P30 Pro that Ian was using so it may be slightly different but you know I I know for a fact that you you just can't get the pictures you know as soon as the light dips down if there's any movement you know you you get all this this very weird perspective and it's it's not feasible it's not reasonable it's just not reasonable a a friend of mine that works in the uh, more in the editorial environment said um, he'd heard that episode um, and he dropped me a, a message to say, do you know what? It's, it's actually not wedding photographers and social photographers that, is, that are suffering at the hands of, um, of iPhones and, and smart, well, smartphones and whatever flavor. It's actually editor- the editorial business because, mm. of course, first person often to, um, to, to an editorial um, story these days is not the photographer. It's going to be somebody who's got oh, yeah. a blindingly good smartphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And, and if you look at the bottom of every BBC News article, it says, were you there? Yeah. Just send us your pictures. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah. Citizen journalism and they call it which yeah. is a good thing in its own right uh, you know I agree with that for sure um, but my, but my, um, my opinion will not change no I can tell um, the lady will not be turned <laughs> your question oh yes uh, hang on a second <coughs> just, just gonna done. hang on hang on <laughs> <laughs> you're milking that uh, where's my hedgehog crisps okay so I have um, you're not allowed hedgehog crisps now they're not uh, vegan well I don't think there was real hedgehogs in them Oh, I thought you were suggesting there were. <laughs> no, hedgehog flavoured. Ah. That's what, it's the same as chicken flavoured crisps. There's <laughs> no chicken in them. In fact, a lot of the, the, the meat ones are great for v- vegans, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Chicken yeah. crisps, no problem, vegan friendly. Oreos, Oreos are vegan friendly. Are they really? Yeah. Okay. I've eaten a lot. You're of living on uh, Oreo, Oreos and, uh, and, Oreos and, and fa- sprouts and at the moment. Falafels and yeah, sprouts, yeah. yeah. Lovely. Okay, this is from uh, Rodrigo Villaruza, and he says... Uh, beg, uh, beg your pardon, say that again. Rodrigo Villaruza. Oh, very good. I got, I got that right. You yeah. did, yeah. And then he goes I on to say... I beg your pardon. Hola, muchas, muchas. Hola. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, actually, this, this, it starts with the title, a comment rather than a question. All right. Okay. Uh, loving your show. Great Fuji vibes. I don't really have a question, just a comment. Mm-hmm. I just sold my Canon gear and jumped into the Fujifilm system. While I do miss the full frame look, I find myself taking much more, uh, many more pictures than before. Mostly I feel that the change is pushing, uh, pushing me to develop... Oh, I've had too many beers now. <laughs> <laughs> it's pushing me to develop my photography. I'm paying more attention to the composition and storytelling and rely, relying less on shallow depth of field trap that I was often falling into. I love full frame, but lately I had the impression that I was getting a little bit lazy with photography. And so he goes on to say, uh, last week somebody was asking about a guide to the technical side of the X-T3. And he's telling us that Calipike from DSLR Shooter, that's a website, isn't it, DSLR Shooter, has a great guide to using the, the camera in video mode. Um, so I will dig that out and link to it on our website. Right. And if it's a video, then I will put it on our mm-hmm. uh, video library the video that I'm building yeah, on the website. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep coming to the website, it's getting bigger and better. Um, and then he goes on to say, loving Kevin's uh, Mayowitz and Padilla JPEG recipes, which goes back to that seven settings that we uh, we were discussing earlier. So uh, thank you for thank you for that, Rodrigo. Do you notice on, on the new on the newly styled website as well? You will now find a tip jar for anybody thinking, how dare they? The boys start start charging us for the podcast. Can I just um, uh, make sure you understand that it, we're not charging for the podcast at all? It's just a little bit of a helping hand for some of the stuff that we've got um, you know planned in the future, of which we should probably now mention. 30th of January I can't yet tell you the um, the location but it will be the 30th of January and you need to be free sometime between 5 and 8 yeah and it will be central London mm-hmm. and it between 5pm and 8pm yeah. there will uh, invariably be something going on uh, earlier in the day meet up yeah. you know whatever photo walk perhaps some, I don't know whatever but, but between 5 and 8 we will be doing the uh, happy birthday to us party <laughs> um, there will be things such as um Oreos, sprouts, <laughs> hedgehog flavor crisps. Do you know, if you want to go out and do a dirty kebab with me, you can. <laughs> there we go. And Kev can watch from a distance. And uh, I know you can eat the bread bit. I'll make sure there's some Coors Light yeah. on, on tap. What does it have to be Coors Light? Is that a particularly vegan friendly I think it thing, is. is it? And also it's... Uh, it's you have to stop drinking wine. Did you know there's only 73 calories in a, in a Michelob Light? 
That's no less than a banana. Well, how, how, what about all the alcohol that it turns to sugar or whatever? There's not much alcohol in it. Oh, so and then like 3% or something. Oh, right. but okay. 73. 73, 73 wow. calories, yeah. Yeah, so I have a couple of them for breakfast instead of my, bit, <laughs> my bananas now. <laughs> On the cornflakes. Um, Tom Verhoeven, thank you very much for your mail. Hi, guys. Greetings from Ghent in Belgium. Only discovered the podcast recently. Binge listening at the moment, starting with episode one. You've got a long, long way to go. Is it 16 now? There's something I never understood regarding auto-ISO. On the X-T3, you can put a, a minimum shutter speed for each of the three in the settings, but it's not respected. How to make the camera respect it, please? I try to be on 160 most of the time, but auto-ISO, maxed out 6400, comes in handy for low-light receptions. So he's obviously a wedding photographer. Thanks very much in advance. Can you, can you, can you manipulate that? Um, you're looking at me with a very pained expression. I, uh, I wasn't listening. You weren't listening? Oh, God, he's looking across. Sorry. Is it the bar lady over oh, there? Yeah. Is uh, it? My friend's just come in. <laughs> <laughs> come over. Come he over. Owes me Bring a, a beer. Sorry. You better Do you want me to read that, that again? Yeah. All right. Okay. I only discovered your, <laughs> only discovered your podcast recently. Not editing that out. Binge listening, starting on episode you don't want all that stuff do you there's something i never understood regarding auto iso on the xt3 you can put a minimum shutter speed for each of the three in the settings but it's not respected how can i make the camera respected i try to be on 160 most of the time but auto iso maxed out to 6400 comes in handy for low light receptions so did, right. did, did you get it that time? i got it i You're got right. it okay. and this is something that's come up a lot of times so the the minimum shutter speed is actually only a recommended minimum um the iso parameters will never be um bursted through so whatever you set your minimum maximum iso it will it will always um it will always uh, respect that right. shutter speed is a minimum so what will happen is in your viewfinder you will see the shutter speed will appear in either red or blue um, to indicate that the camera has to lower the shutter speed beyond what you've asked it to to get that shot. And the fact is, if you know, if if you're struggling with that, you need to increase your shutter speed or or open the um, uh, the ISO up higher or you know, the aperture. One more, you know, it's it it's the exposure triangle. Simple as that. And right. you know, it's it just needs to be corrected. Uh, I I just set it to twelve thousand eight hundred ISO as my yeah. maximum all the time. Mine seems to work really well actually. And I, yeah. I you know, it's, it's never let me down. It's never. Really. I, mine never goes lower than that. At no, all. No, no, I no, mean, no. it'll often go up to 12,800 yeah. ISO but then the shutter speed can always stick at my minimum so your question Kev what have you got okay I've got one from uh, Joanna McIntyre and she says hi guys I have a question I'm hoping you can help me with uh, and I've actually just read this and I don't know the answer so maybe you <laughs> maybe you can help with this, do this because if it's a technical one I'm going to be in a lot of trouble it's it's uh, I'd like to film night lights and car trails as a time lapse video so far the only way I've figured out how to do this is via stills image section and setting my parameters there but then I need to upload to Premiere and build it myself mm. this is rather time consuming and any other yeah, camera I've yeah. had it usually just an option within the video mode yes. am I missing something in the video section that can no, make it no you're not easier? no you're not no mm, that's one thing that's on my big shopping list of things I'd love to have can you not use the in intervalometer you can use the intervalometer but i think what she's talking about there is that on cameras such as the canon um I know certainly it's on the uh, the 5D4. I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what she's asking there is, um, is it possible to have um, the video a video mode of your time-lapse? So, it, so the, it, it's piecing the, the, the time-lapse together and then um, spitting it out at the end as one video, mm. which you can't do um, with the Fujifilm cameras. Mm. There's no, well... Mm. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just having some crisps. And then this, <laughs> the thing, the problem with... Um, I mean, Lightroom is a long, long... It, it takes a long time to put together a, a, um, a, a really good time-lapse, I think, if, if, you're, if you're altering the, the exposures and... I'm sure this was put into the X-T100. Not the X-100T, mm. but the X-T100, okay, which well, is a real entry-level kind of camera. Well, I don't use that camera. No, no. I'd, I'd be amazed if that's got it and the X-T3 hasn't. Mm, yeah, well, that's what I mean. The technology must be there. Yeah. Mm, and I know they've in the X-Pro3, they've, they've added a few bits and pieces that will kind of blend in. Is that in there, the then? Have you, have you got time time-lapse movie? I don't know. I haven't yeah. looked. I don't know. I know there were some other things added, so such as like blending the HDR and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, there's a couple of things you need to remember when you're putting together a time lapse in um, something like Premiere, because when you open up those those files, when you've when you've presented your files ready, and they're they're all shoved out as JPEGs at 1920 wide by mm. by by whatever, depending upon the the size of film that you're making. Then one thing to to remember is you have to um, you have to name. Um, is it called filing convention? What's it called? Filing the, the name. The naming convention. Naming convention, yeah. You you have to remember that uh, it starts off with the letters, so it might be London, then underscore, and then either three or four numbers, depending upon you know how, how many shots you've done. But it has to be that way around. Otherwise, when you open it 
up and you and you go to do the little checkbox, yeah. um, it will not work. Mm. Mm. That sounds very complicated. Yeah. Should do a video on that. Yeah. Do you want yeah. a game of pool? Do you want to <laughs> a game of pool? <laughs> he could play that guy's on it all the time, though. I know, I know. It's only 50p in here. And he's bigger than, than me, and he's, and he's got tattoos. Mm. I know I shouldn't be concerned about things like that, but... <laughs> So is Gemma, to be fair. She's not, she's not bigger than you in her tattoos. No, I meant the tattoos. Oh, God, don't I? Sorry, Gemma. <clears throat> yeah, she does have a tattoo. You're quite right. Simon, Simon Berry. Um, so just Simon Berry's one. Yeah, hi, chaps. Great show. I'm just wondering how, how each of you see the importance of post-event session processing in your software of choice versus trying to capture the photograph closer to how you want the final image to look when shooting. Um, um, I'm asking in light of the apparent trend of heavily processing shots being preferred by photographers at least uh, uh, at least as skilled if not more skilled with the software than they are with the actual camera itself is computer literacy in photo creation becoming far more important what do you think Kev? Mm, yeah, probably, yeah. It probably has been for quite a while I would have thought I think really. it has been for a long time yeah, yeah. I mean we've always seen uh, you know there's, a, there's some uh, very famous and very good wedding photographers who basically drop skies in that are purple and different colors and backgrounds and everything and if that's what the clients are expecting mm. then that's absolutely yeah. fine but yeah i don't i don't i don't do any of that digital okay. art i would call that digital art rather than uh, photography so much well that's it for this um, christmas special in our, our little echoey corner in the pub over here mm -hmm. um kev you know that bit in the story where where there are uh, three wise photographers bearing gifts yeah <laughs> why, why didn't we do that bit i really wanted to try out this new <laughs> <laughs> That would have been so much fun. Who, who would your... In fact, here's a question to you then. Let's do a couple of free, free flow questions here at the end. Um, who would your three wise photographers be? Oh, my God. Three wise photographers I would have... Uh, if they're bringing gifts, I need... They need no, to not be, just because they're bringing you gifts, but maybe, yeah, maybe three... three men did. Well, that's true, but the three, the three photographers you'd like to sit next to, who would the three wise photographers, with all that information to impart... No, I just who, want them to bring me you things You just want now. some presents, Yeah, okay. yeah, so I'm going to go for Sanjay. Just, Sanjay yeah, Jogia. Because he's rich. He's okay. absolutely loaded. <laughs> Loaded. And He'd bring you a Canon gear, though. Would you want that? That's, that's fine, because I could put it on eBay. That's okay. fine. <laughs> and then I'm going to go for... Who else might be really rich? I don't know. I don't know. Sanjay's the only one. He takes all the money. Um, okay, so if you were choosing three wise photographers, who would they be? Okay, I would go for really? Louis Garvin. I knew you were going to say for Louis Garvin first. He's such a beautiful yeah. man. Yeah, and yeah. He's a very gentle soul, and yeah. his pictures... Isn't it interesting? I thought about this when we were talking about Don McCullen's landscapes earlier, that photography, the personality comes mm -hmm. out in pictures a lot I think do you think it comes out in his in Don's or Louis Louis yeah, yeah definitely in both of them that's why Don's um, landscapes are very gritty and yeah 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 dark I mean that's very much him yeah yeah and, and Louis Garvin's work is, is just super what is it about Louis Garvin you particularly like then and if you haven't w looked at Louis Garvin's work you really have to uh, I, I really like Louis Garvin because once when I was in New York he bought my lunch uh, <laughs> we're back to rich photographers again <laughs> yeah. um, no I just love the simplicity and the beautiful and I'm not a portrait photographer but I can look at these strangers and get a real sense of who they are Louis Garvin makes me want to be a portrait yeah, photographer he yeah, really does yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. No, he so, does. so Louis Garvin would be one of your three wise photographers second one it'd be very easy to go for Don I'm, I'm hoping you no, might bring up I'm two gonna, more names I'm going to go for Darcy Padilla Darcy Padilla yes yeah Darcy Padilla yeah um, just because I, I think I could learn so much from her um, not that I couldn't learn from Louis Garvin yeah. and who else I think um Oh, what about that? Um, what's that fella that photographed thingy? Um, <laughs> <laughs> fella that photographed thingy. Um, Which thingy are we talking about? Uh, uh, the uh, the uh, the president bloke, um, Barack Obama. What was the photographer name? Oh, Bar um, yes, I know who you mean. Yeah. I thought for a minute you were going to you were going to say Mandela. Of course, no, we had Keith no, Burns no, no, staying no, no, on, Keith. but yeah, no. Um, I've had um, well, I'm on a whiskey now. It's not <laughs> things are whiskey chase of a Kev going badly. Go on, going badly. Um, uh, yes, him. Anyway, yeah, him. They would be good. They would be good. I think that would be a great yeah. dinner party. Yeah. Well, but you then? Oh, well, do you know, I, I would go for Louis Garvin, definitely. Well, I just like because to he's coming, he's bringing me gifts, not yeah, you. Yeah, well, that's true. But I'd like to sit next to him and just, just bug him about some of the... I mean, he'd probably be bored to death because I'd want to talk to him about technical stuff. And he probably doesn't really want to, does he? He's not that kind of photographer. I've already told uh, him not to speak to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Louis Garvin's my guest, not yours. No, he's your guest, isn't he? But I'm, I'm probably going to have to share him. Um, who else? You see, I just I mentioned him so many times, but oh, do you know who I'd like to bring over from Australia? Cameron Neville. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Cameron Neville. I yeah. yeah, yeah, really yeah. like to spend some time sat next to him talking about. And have you seen some of the photographs of Cam's of late? Of uh, he's a firefighter. Yeah, he's a photographer. He's been um, busy but, recently. Yeah, and he is a. Um, uh, they're, they're all volunteers, by the way. The Australian firefighters in in the bush fighting these fires. And and you know what? I found out the other day. A lot of them they they don't have uh, any breathing apparatus bought for them. They have to buy their own gear. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, they go out there every single day and they risk their life. Mm. So Cam Neville, I'd love, love him to be mm-hmm. sat there. Now I'll probably choose, um, oh, who would I choose? Um, I t- I've always wanted to, it wouldn't it be great to go, and this is a back in time because she, she's um, no longer with us, but um, yeah, Vivian Meyer, I just, oh. just would like, like to have a conversation with her and, and find out what, what her driving principles were behind her photography and, and whether... But she wouldn't be able to answer those questions because no, she never saw any of her pictures. Uh, but that, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's Wouldn't it be great. lovely to, to sort of deliver and say, look, um, it's, well, time travel, go back in time and say, Vivian, I've got a book for you to read here. Yeah. It, it happens to have your name on the front. Yeah. Look what you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because her <laughs> book, that book, the, um, the, the one of the prints of her work is amazing, but also the book and the film, the documentary about yeah. the story yeah. is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Okay. Even Albie knows her name. Does I, he? I watch that documentary so often. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you've got that documentary on Yeah, it's on DVD. Amazon. On, on, on Amazon. Yeah. DVD? DVD, granddad. <laughs> been talking about the hit parade next (laughs) well that is it for a slightly irreverent christmas special um if you've liked this week's show uh please take a moment and uh, share it within your own facebook feed or twitter or or just email a friend if you haven't joined the private face group group yet do so a lot of stuff in there about how it's a safe place it is a safe place isn't it i think people feel generally very comfortable in there um and and you now have to feel people are going to trip you up for so-called silly questions because there are no silly questions in that group nobody judges um and it's important that you can share questions and thoughts about your photography thank you for your questions this year they've been absolutely phenomenal haven't they it's been great when 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 we we started doing this did you did you uh, (laughs) what shelf life did you put on it seriously be honest one one (laughs) (laughs) because we we absolutely had to have questions otherwise it would not have gone this far if you haven't sent a question yet you know, once those questions, when that stream dries up, I think we'll, we'll dry up, won't we? Well, they're the lifeblood of the show. They are the you didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. And, um, I, you know, we, we, I think I speak for both of us. I want to say thank you very much for your love and support and mm. kindness throughout the year. Uh, it does take a lot of effort on both our parts, but, you know, I have to publicly say mostly it's neil no no that's not true at all no 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 send them in via the website address which is click at fujicast.co.uk music on the show this week from the incredible art list um dot io resource brilliant i i would be lost really with my filmmaking if i wasn't using that particular resource and no they don't pay me to say that i don't um and i think you actually have some sort of deal with them don't you uh, if they don't pay you i'll put my referral link on the website then yeah <laughs> yes that's fine come you and click my do. referral link yeah, you'll, get, well, yeah. you'll get three months free well <laughs> No, great. I mean, you know now that I use them and I, I don't get anything from them for any click through. I just think it's a brilliant resource and that's why I use them. Well, if we get, I, if I, you're I, listening to this in a year's time, that might well have changed. I think I get $30 for yeah. each link. So that's, that's $10 for you Ooh. and $20 for me. Perfect. <laughs> I like the way you share things. <laughs> And if you want to see our offerings to the photo community in the world, there's one address you need to go to, and that's uh, fujicast.co.uk forward slash the boys. B will be back, and, and she'll say that herself, as you know. Now know there's a, there's a new jingle. So come on then, what, what happens in, uh, in, the, in the Mullins household over Christmas? I mean, I know you're going to be nut roast for, for all of it, are you? Yeah. No, what, we, what? Uh, we have, we are very festive. Well, what's, what's the weddings? tradition? What's the tradition? Um, so we will, uh, we'll go to, we'll go to mass on Christmas Eve. Oh, of course. We'll yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we'll, we'll, What time is mass? Uh, it's actually midnight mass this oh, year. Oh, you it's do at midnight six, mass? No, it's at 6.30. Oh, right. Okay. Midnight mass at 6.30. Yeah. Right. Okay. It's um, child-friendly midnight mass. But they, they have carols and everything. And, yeah. and before that, we have uh, a whole load of our friends come around our house on Christmas Eve for a few hours before we all traipse off to church. Yeah, uh, slightly staggering. <laughs> you do not go into the house of the Lord drunk. I hope. Well, I wouldn't call it drunk. Anyway, you get wine there. I get wine there every week. Every week. No, but the, the idea is when, when you do mass, it's not to neck the the, gla- <laughs> the glass of wine. That's not. I mean, I, I, <laughs> that would be like something. Well, who was that comedian? The the uh, Irish comedian that or used to do stuff like that. Irish. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was. It was oh, a brilliant guy. I can't think of his name. Oh, pff, you're shouting. I know you're shouting right now at your PC or or smartphone or whatever you're listening to and you're saying it's uh, and I can't think of his name oh really good comedian 70s comedian 
Oh, never mind. So you go to midnight mass. Yeah, I go to midnight mass at six thirty. Yeah. yeah, then we come home, and then um, the uh, obviously the kids go to bed at some point. Yeah. Uh, last year, Rosa was so excited that right. we stayed up all the way till six in the morning. At two o'clock in the morning, no. Gemma went for a walk around town with Rosa just no, to try and last get her to year. Good last year. She's twelve. Oh my word! <laughs> so they were they were walking around Malmesbury at, at two in the morning. Yeah, you're yeah, joking. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, she's like a, honestly, I love my daughter so much. She's she's fun and she's a bottle of pop constantly. She's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Um, Albie's a bit more like Monty the dog, a little right. bit more serious and a bit more moody. <laughs> yeah, just thinks about things a lot. And then uh, yeah, so we get up Christmas morning, and um, we I think Gemma's dead, and uh, his family are coming over, and which is always nice. And then uh, you know we have presents and stuff. This year we are um, we're going we're going out for Christmas lunch. I've never done that before. Are you? I've yeah. never been out for Christmas lunch. No. Where we, are you going? Uh, we're going to the um, in town here. Uh, it's in Charlton, which is a village across. It's right. a um, so who's going? Oh, I've had way too much. Who's, it's called the Horse and Groom. Who's going to be driving? It's the um, somebody's going to have to drive. Yeah, Gemma will drive. It's the, um, <laughs> Did he know that? Who's yeah. that chef? That that guy who's not God, French, but has got a French name. A very um, famous chef oh. uh, with black hair. Um, um, Michelin star bloke. Right. Um, Marco. No. No. Marco no. Pierre. Marco Pierre White. He's yeah. not French. I know. That's what I said. I said he's he's not French. Oh, right. but he's got a French sounding oh, right. name. Okay, yeah, yeah. Marco Pierre White. Uh, yeah, it's one of his places. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but we're doing that because of various things have happened in the family this year. So yeah, we, we we're yeah. not having any, anything kind of here. And then um, uh, yeah, and then uh, Gemma will drive home, and then we will <laughs> we'll just Gemma. we'll just carry on. Gemma's mum's going to come and stay with us, which will be lovely. Perfect. And uh, yeah, what about you? Uh, same sort of thing, really. I mean, we 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 always have it uh, at home, really. Um, mm. Grandparents will come round. Mm. Um, not my grandparents, so it would be very clever if they came round. That would be like a second coming, that's for sure. Um, but the, the boys' grandparents would come round, and um, yeah, and, and we just sort of play a few games, do very traditional things, watch a Queen's speech. Oh, do you watch yeah. that? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's something that goes back years in our family. But yeah. they, always, they always tell you what's going to be in it the day before. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. Really, it? You know, she it's might like, change it. I'm, I'm hoping one day she's going to come back flipping into the room and, and she's going to completely change the script. It's like the election when they did the um, the exit poll yeah. right at 10 o'clock and right. then that just ruins it. It's like, well, there's no fun in it anymore. Yeah, but you, you don't know whether it's going to be the right score, do you? You know, Queen's speech is always what they say. It's yeah, always it's, in the papers. Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's true. No, you're still going really, to see the delivery of it. I'm really looking forward what are you looking forward to seeing on TV? Um, see, we don't really watch a lot of TV. On, on, in, I, I, I never watch TV. I, I, mean, I, say, I, I couldn't even tell you. I mean, years ago, I would have known that it was going to be a James Bond whatever. Or Gavin, the, Gavin and Stacey Christmas Gavin and Stacey. See, I like, yeah, I like Gavin. Yeah. And, yeah, that's irreverent enough for me. I took the kids to see um, Jumanji, the third one. Oh, yesterday. that got a real slating. That was brilliant. Was well, it? Although I've never been to see Jumanji before. So right, I didn't actually, but yeah, most, most people are saying, if you've seen Jumanji before, it's much of the same. I Well, I presume it is, yeah. But I, I thought it was a cartoon, actually. And right. then when it, when it was real people in it, Danny DeVito's in it. and um, Rock. Yeah, The Rock. Mm. I thought it was really funny. Yeah. Uh, Albie, bless him, was chuckling his little head off all the way through it. Yeah. yeah. It was good. Yeah, no, I, I didn't, we, we very rarely watch telly apart from the Queen's Speech. And it's just, you know, we, we're really quite traditional. We play a load of uh, board games and stuff. Mm. And um, yeah, that's it, really. Yeah. Um, but there we go. Well, look, thank you very much for, for being with us this year. And the next couple of weeks are slightly different episodes. They're going to be kind of best of the guests and, and some of our favourite parts of the podcast. Uh, just all thrown together in, in a vegan hodgepodge um, for, for you to enjoy. Have a super, super Christmas. Be safe, be kind, and be perfectly you. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Twelve drummers drumming, eleven pipers piping, ten lords will beat me, nine ladies waiting, eight maids are milking, seven swans are swimming, six geese are rain, five golden rings, four golden birds, Hands to a turtle dust and a partridge in a pear tree. And a partridge in a pear tree. Suddenly there came a light. Slow down on sudden. Suddenly. Suddenly. No. Suddenly. Not sudden. Get your D's. Suddenly. No. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's not easy on this donkey to, to do this. It uh, wouldn't be on the donkey on a park bench. <laughs> Stick to the script. Don't keep changing things. Uh, but you always go first with a question, so you go first. No, I said the first too many times. And as quick as she appeared... No, slow down. Okay. And as quick as she appeared... <laughs> I can't.
<laughs> Don't worry, we're just going to tell you something very special indeed. No, instead. <laughs> I said I had a character to I tell you what, it's cold, but you can go, you always go, bleh, bleh. Come down here or break your bloody neck. No, not you'll break your bloody neck. Oh. Come down here or you'll break Right. Jammer, don't you dare reveal any of those secrets. Come down here or you'll break your, Blake. Blake, break. By the way, how come I have to be the narrator and Gemma gets to, no, 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 Gemma gets to be the angel no, and I got to be the <laughs> old narrator. No, it's... I want a better, better part. <laughs> I want to be Mary next You're time. You're the narrator. The Fuji Cast is an independent loading zone production. 